Well, I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come, and I'm going to have her share just a little bit. And just don't like her more than me. You can like her as much as me, but don't like her more than me. She's really the best. She's really the best. Now, this woman can teach and she can preach. She really can. And she's going to share just a, a testimony of the goodness of God in our life. And, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to sow seed into WMI, Worship Works Ministries International. And then I'll share just a little bit concerning our families. And, and we'll pray for folks and we'll go home and, and uh, get ready for the week. Amen. Get prepared for the week. What a way to start. Yeah. How many of y'all get to sleep in tomorrow? How many of you have to go to work tomorrow? I'm so sorry. Yeah, but we'll uh, celebrate tomorrow the life of Martin Luther King Jr. And what a testimony that man had across the earth. And, and, our, li- and our life and our world is different because of his life and because of his testimony. Amen. Amen. Hand over. Hashtag, you're it. Well, I just, too, want to echo my appreciation and gratefulness uh, to Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather and to the ministry team here. You guys have just opened your hearts and your arms to us, and we are so, so grateful and just count it such a great privilege and an honor to be here this weekend. And uh, we've received from the Lord just uh, to be received by you all. The Lord has blessed us. And we're very, very grateful, and we do look forward one of these days to coming back up and checking on you and making sure that all is well here in the Northeast. But I just want to, I don't want to take a lot of time tonight because I know that he's got some things he wants to share, and then we are going to pray with and pray for families. They're going to link our hearts and uh, our our prayers with you all. And, uh, you know, we come from a long line of wonderful family. Joe told you this morning about his family, how amazing. Uh, they're all serving the Lord. All of the siblings, all of his brothers and sisters serve the Lord, and mom and dad and uh, their spouses, and we're all in ministry, uh, full-time ministry. And, I mean, it's just it's remarkable. And we're not anybody special. Our family's not anybody special. We've just all seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we've made the choice to serve him. And that's really all it is. Uh, Our parents made mistakes, um, but they love God. And they modeled the love for one another and the love for God and the love for God's people in us, uh, before us daily. And uh, so I'm grateful for my my in-laws and for um, my my, uh, sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws that all serve the Lord. And then our children, we have three children, and they have chosen to serve the Lord full-time. Our oldest son has the church in Austin. Our middle son is the creative arts director uh, in uh, uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. He and his wife serve there. And then our youngest daughter and her husband, uh, he graduated from the college. He's a fantastic guitar player, writer, singer, and she and Austin, Allison and Austin, are um, the worship leaders for a church in the Woodlands, Texas called The Crossing. So our children have taken uh, what we do and what we put in them. They always say they were the first students at Institute for the Arts. That's what our kids say. Uh, We were the first, you know. So um, anyway, but I want to give you a testimony tonight because uh, in praying for families, we we do understand where you are. You know, not not all of you tonight can say my kids serve the Lord. Uh, and we count that a privilege. But I promise you it's not because their parents were special. It was just how we 
we kept our kids in the presence of God. I was telling Pastor Heather today, we were talking about that a little bit. And uh, she said, you know, I just want to, I want to glean from you, you know, with your children, you know, how you kept them loving the Lord. And you know, one thing, I'm going to tell you one thing we, that I remember now is we, we always, Brother Joe and I always chose to show our kids the good side of ministry. We never talked about the negative side. We never had our preacher for lunch. We always supported our pastor in front of our children. We supported the house of God in front of our children. And every time we went, we wanted to have a song in our heart and joy on our lips. And we just always wanted the kids to know, you know, people are people and people make mistakes. You know that. You work with people on, on the job all the time. You know, not everybody does it just the way you want to do You want it done. But all in all, you know, you're there and you're, I don't know, some people hate where they are. But for us, we just always wanted to point our kids to the, to the, to the positive side, to the good side of ministry, that it's fun, it's a blessing, it's joyful, and it's good for you. And we kept our kids in church every time the church doors were open. And if we, the church doors weren't open for regular service, our kids were there cleaning, they were serving, they were vacuuming, they were running sound. Allison, when she was nine, was running the uh, words, you know, for, uh, for the lyrics and everything. We just always found a place for our children and always made ministry, uh, we let them take ownership at a very young age, and they just grew up in the church, and then when uh, our kids were 16 and 14, Joe and I answered the call to travel with a South African evangelist for five years on the road, and uh, he allowed us to take our children with us, and they saw the world, and so, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't regret, there were times that I wished, you know, or I thought, well, maybe they ought to have a real life, maybe they ought to have a Maybe they ought to have a real school experience, you know, and I'd look at my boys and I'd say, guys, don't you really want to go to school? Don't you want to, you know, have like senior prom and all that kind of thing? They look at me like, are you kidding? We played for 10,000 people last night. We want to go to school. Of course not. We love what we do. And, you know, so uh, that's just our life. And that was the way it was. But um, we came to uh, a big transition in 2011. Our kids were all working with us in the ministry. And uh, we had been 10 years in Austin building the, the, the house. We had built the, the church there. We had two schools. We had the, uh, the institute, which was the post-secondary school. And then we had uh, the um, academy, which was a K-3 through 12th grade on campus at the place in Austin. And we were busy. We worked. Oh, we were telling pastors. We blessed our staff's heart. Celebration, if you think you work hard. You just better come run with Joe and Becky Cruz because I promise you, you got it cushy compared to what with us. Our kids, we worked them hard. We had four ministries that operated fully out of the church there. And uh, if they weren't on the road, they were serving in the school. If they weren't in the school, they were working in the academy. If they weren't in the academy, they were, you know, working in the church, making phone calls. We had 12 and 14 and 16-hour days. We did. We did. We, we worked hard. And uh, we loved it, though. It didn't seem like work. It was joyful. The ministry was going. The students were coming in. I mean, it was, it was just awesome. It was awesome what we were doing. And about year 10, we are planning a big 10th anniversary. And our oldest two sons called us in and said, Mom, Dad, can we talk to you? And 
We said, sure, of course, yeah. We're getting ready and planning a big thing, a big anniversary and special guest and lining all that up. And they came and said, um, we love you so much and we've been here for 10 years. But God has called us to go and take what you've put in us and to go out on our own. And man, you talk about a shocker. We just, you know, I think you know down in your knower that one of, that, one of these days that's going to happen. But you just never really anticipate that. You just really, you didn't see it coming. And, uh, I mean, we just said, wow, you know, well, let us pray about that. And let us, you know, let us wrap our heads around that and get the, get the mind of the Lord on that. And uh, Allie was sitting there in that meeting, our daughter, and her daddy looked over, and she, he said, Allison, he said, what's in your heart? And she looked up at Austin with those dreamy doe eyes, and she said, Daddy, Austin and I just want to get married, and, and we want to go out and serve the Lord together. And uh, I was like, wow. You know, there we were, and all of a sudden the kids were like, you know, We've been here, we've been faithful, but it's time for us to go. And I, I tell you, this mama, it was hard on me. I'm just be honest with you, it was very hard on me. It just seemed like the wheels were coming off. It felt like everything that we had planned and dreamed, and we were just getting to that place where it was, it felt like it was gonna be easier. And all of a sudden, you know, your world just comes. Upside down. And the Lord spoke to my husband. And just one word. and said, get out of town. And we had a trip to make. We had a, a place or two we had to go and minister at. And, and uh, we got in the car that day. I mean, I'm still reeling. Man, my head is just spinning. It's like, what? We've worked all, we, we worked, uh, it just felt like, it just felt like it was over. It's like a part of me had died, the things that we had dreamed about and lived for. And you know, it was just over. And here our kids wanted to go and, and do something else. And we got in the car that day, and I looked at my husband. And I said, what just happened? And he said, babe, I don't know, but, but God knows. And he reached over, and he grabbed my hand. I'm just sobbing. I'm bawling. I'm just like, What? What do you do now? Are you, are, I, I, I said in the car, okay, God, so are you done with us? I mean, that's the way I felt. Are you through? That's it? We've said everything we need to say? It's, it's like, you know, are you through? Because if you're through, wow, okay. And he grabbed my hand, and he just started praying in the Holy Ghost over me. Just praying. And all I remember is just, just the word of God. Just coming up in me and said, you know what? You had not seen nothing yet. The word of God just came to me. Yeah. There was a word that had been spoken to us in July that year. Uh, that the Lord was going to send us around the world one more time. That it would be a lightning, like a, like a ring around the globe. But there was a generation that had never heard the sound. And the Lord brought that back to our, as he began to pray in the spirit, and then I began to pray in the spirit, we just prophesied over one another, just over the word of the Lord, we just kept speaking the word of the Lord, Lord, you said, you said, so, um, and the Lord gave us a direction on how to transition, how to give Jody the church, and we came back home, and uh, 
right before th- it was right before Thanksgiving, 2011, and uh, we called the church and just said, you know, we're going to run some meetings, you guys, if you can. I know it's holiday, but if you can, come and join us. And we just wanted to get in the presence of God. And I'll never forget on a Tuesday night, you know. I mean, yes, I had the word of the Lord. Yes, I, I felt the peace of God. But it was just something. It was just something. It was just like numb, you know. It was like, okay, but where do you go from here? You know, how, how do you move forward now? Because, I mean, they were our lives. They were the band. You know, we worked with the, your, your church band, and it was wonderful. We loved it. But we never worked with the church band because we just always went in self-contained. We had drums and bass and guitar and singers, and, you know, we just never had to. We just all self-contained. And it, just, it was just beyond what, what I could comprehend in my little pea brain. And uh, so we got to church on a Tuesday night right before Thanksgiving. We're transitioning the church. And my heart, my heart was still heavy. And I was just, we were worshiping, and I was just doing what I always do, just right back there. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said, you know the thing that you've preached to people all over the world? You have to do that now. You have to press into me. If you want to know where to go and what to do, you have to press into me. You have to press into my presence. I've preached that. I've taught that. I've spent time with countless kids and and talked to kids about pressing in, pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. And God said, you know, all that stuff you've taught and preached, you're going to have to do now. And as I sat there, I began to, he he was praying for people, as as he does. And I, I closed my eyes and I just began to cry out to God. Just cry out to God. Lord, I love you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do or how this is going to go forward. Is, but Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I praise you. I don't see. I don't see how. Lord, I trust you. I totally trust you. And and in church, let me just tell you, all I can tell you that happened that night was, is that I stepped from the natural realm into a supernatural realm. I stepped over. You see, there's a there's another realm beyond what we sit in this natural realm tonight. But there's an eternal realm. There's a heavenly realm that's as real or more so than where we sit tonight. There's a worship service. While we were engaged in worship, there's a worship service going on in heaven tonight. And really all we have to do when we come is we have to plug into that eternal worship service that's going on. And I did that. It was like I unplugged from the natural realm that night and I plugged into eternity. And God began to download in me. I tell you what, all I remember is, I, I don't remember what happened. Joe said I was playing and then I was not playing. And I... I woke up. I, I, I came to my senses. I was laying on the floor by the keyboard. And all the lights were off in the house except for one little light. And I looked up and everybody had gone except for this gray-haired fellow sitting on the front row. And he looked up at me and he said, are you ready? I said, I think so. And he scooped me up, and he got me to the car. 
And I went into the house and I walked into the bathroom and I washed my face. And Jesus visited me there that night. You see, part of my fear, part of my worry was that I had poured my life out for people. And now my daughter had come. Now she wants to get married. And now basically we don't really, you know, the ministry as we know it now is different. We had invested thousands and thousands of dollars into the lives of young people. We had housed them. We had schooled them. We bought their gas. We paid their tuition at times. We fed them when they didn't have money to eat on. And in my mind, I felt like I had done all that for God, and now my daughter wanted to get married. And Lord, how in the world are you going to do this for me? When I walked in the bathroom that night and I was washing my face, Jesus came and he spoke to me and he said, hey, He said, I don't want you to worry about Allison's wedding. He said, I'm going to give her the wedding of her dreams. Remember one thing. I love weddings. He said, I'm not going to do it the world's way. Will you trust me? And I said, yes, Lord, I trust you. And I washed my face. I went into the living room. I got Joe and Allison, and I said, this is what the Lord said. He's not going to do it the world's way. He's going to give you the wedding of your dreams. And that began a process. If I could tell you all the things tonight that God did for this family. But I promise you, it was a year, almost a year, from the time that the Lord spoke to me to the time of the wedding. But the Lord reminded me of that passage out of Luke. I want you to look at that tonight just for a moment. You may not believe, be believing God for a wedding. But there's some things that seem impossible in your life. And I want to remind you of this passage of scripture. And I want to remind you I'm here tonight that, that the Lord wants to do those things for you for a particular reason. And I want to show you this. It's in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2. And on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, They have no more wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour has not yet come. And his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Might want to underline that. Uh, this is Luke chapter 2, and this is the King James Version. King James Version. I don't have the verses there. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two to three firkins apiece. Some tell me those water pots held 30 to 40 gallons of liquid. So there were 
uh, six of them there. And Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. You say to me tonight, why would God want to do a miracle in my life? Because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. He wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. Why would God want you healed? Because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. Why would God want your provision met? Because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. Why would God want your kids saved? Because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. And the Lord reminded me that night, I want to do this for Allison because I want an opportunity to show forth my glory. Will you trust me? And I said, yes, Lord, I will trust you. I, prob- I promise you, from the year, from the day that the Lord spoke this to me until the following October, every day I confessed and read and studied and taught and told people what God had done in me and what God had showed me. But it was in my hunger. It was in my pressing in. It was in my desiring to know him and to hear him because I knew that for me to go forward, I had to have the word of the Lord. And it was in the place of pressing in. And, you know, I will say to you, church, many times churches that have, have been around for a long period of time. We have a church that we're working with in Fort Worth, Texas. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary. And I heard the pastor, he's been there 50 years. I heard him say to the congregation the other day, church, listen, we cannot expect God to do the same old thing. He said, we have to trust God and follow him in this new season. And, and he said, I'm asking the congregation this year to press in like you've never pressed in before. And I sat there and scratched my head and I thought, oh God, if a church that's been pressing into God for 50 years and the pastor gets up and says, we got to press into God. Man, don't you know those people go, well, but we pressed in last year. And the pastor saying, but you know, we got to press in for this year. And many times people just, they either get comfortable or they just feel like, well, you know, we've had enough and now, Lord, we're going to do our thing. Let me tell you something. Every day, it's a choice you make to press into the presence of God. Every day, every day, over your family, over your business, over your life, it's a choice we make. Every day, when we come into the presence of God, we're going to press in to hear Him more clearly. And then when he speaks to you, and then when he shows you, and then when you know. I prayed for a young woman today who came after the service, and we were talking about a particular situation. I said, but do you know that you know that you know it's a thus saith the Lord? Because here's the thing, church. you got to know that you know that you know it's him. 
And when you know that you know it's him, then you can press into his presence and you can stand on his word and you can say, Lord, you said. And you don't know how many times that following year I said, Lord, you said. You said you'd give her the wedding of her dreams. You said you were going to do it. You made that promise. I didn't say that, God. You said that. So tonight I'm standing on your word. I'm telling you, every time we had to have a deadline, every time we had to have monies in for whatever it was we had to have money in for, it was like, God, I, I could say with, with nothing in my heart, but God, you said. And I, if I could tell you, if I could take the time tonight to tell you all of the miracles that God did, it, it, was, it would blow your mind. But I, you see, I'm not special. I, there's nothing about, I'm, I'm just a kid. I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm God's kid. And, and I said, Lord, I, I have a need and I have a desire. And God said, you'll find it in me. I want an opportunity to show forth my glory. But will you trust me? Will you do what I've asked you to do? Because, you know, the natural way would just be to go, go do it and then figure out how to pay for it. But I had to trust him for every, every step of the way. Every dime, every dime, every dime, every week, I had to trust him. It was, it was phenomenal. I'll tell you, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll tell you, the last, the last week, we had seen God do a m- miraculous things. But we came to the last week, and we were, we were a little bit behind. I mean, we, we had some needs that needed to be covered the very last week of the wedding. It was kind of the big ticket items, you know. We, we made it all the way through, but we, we had the photographer, and, you know, we had the food, and we had the cake, and all that kind of stuff kind of right there at the last. And, uh, and we, were, we were short. We were short. Can I, can I say how much? We, we were short about, uh, about $7,500. We had everything else was covered, her dress, and... All, you know, the venue and all that, everything else God had supernaturally done. We were about $7,500 short to finish off. And so uh, the night of the rehearsal came. You know, we have the rehearsal. Austin, my son-in-law now, my future son-in-law at the time, uh, is a wonderful family. They've been in ministry for many years. And, and uh, they, they invited our entire, my families and Joe's families to the rehearsal dinner because they wanted to meet everybody. And so that night we had the rehearsal. Allie, Allison had nine bridesmaids. Nine bridesmaids. So, I mean, just exponentially everything costs. You know what I mean? You got nine bridesmaids. Three uh, best friends and three family members and three... I don't even remember it was. I can't remember now. It was nine of them anyway. So cousins, I think it was, three cousins. So uh, it, we get to that rehearsal dinner, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. You know, I, everybody else is celebrating, and I'm knowing i got to write some checks the next day. And, you know, it's not all there. And I'm, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm in emergency tongues now. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, you ever been in emergency tongues? <laughs> yeah, switched on over to emergency tongues. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, we, we went to the dinner. It was beautiful. It was just beautiful. It was just these families, legacies, and ministry. It was just like, oh, my gosh, you know. We got back to the room that night, and, uh, man, my head is like, I know the next day. And Lord, come on. No, no, you said, you know, you said. I was just, I was, I was happy, but I was weary and uh, just that. And I got in bed that night, and I told Joe, it was about midnight, and I said, man, 
So what are we going to do tomorrow when we get to write those checks? And he said, babe, he, I, I thank God for a man of God. I just, I, you know, I, he, I used to get mad at him because I think he didn't really, he wasn't caring and he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't coddle me and he wouldn't get in agreement if I was, you know, wanting to cry and whatever, you know. But now I'm glad he's strong, you know. And he looked at me and he said, what did God say? I said, he said, he Give her the wedding and she said, you know, you're going to write the checks and the money's going to be there. Let's go to sleep. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I said, okay, you know, so off we go. I, I, I woke up about 3, 34 o'clock in the morning. and I really, Literally, I, I'm like praying in the spirit, you know. I get up, I go to the bathroom. I don't know why the Lord speaks to me in the bathroom, but anyway. <laughs> and I'm in, I wash my hands. And all of a sudden, I hear, I, hear Lord, I hear the Lord as clear as ever. The Lord says to me, hey, don't forget one thing. He said, the miracle occurred at the wedding. I said, that's right. That's right. You are right, God. That is awesome. And I run back to the van. I climb the van. I'm waking my husband up. I said, honey, he said the miracle occurred at the wedding. And he said, oh, babe, I told you, write the checks. Go back to sleep. <laughs> the next day, uh, it's a beautiful venue, but the little chapel is too small because there's too many of us. And so we're sitting up on the, on the outside of the chapel. The chapel is the backdrop for the wedding. It's it's beautiful. And uh, so he and the boys, they're setting the sound up. And he's got his iPhone plugged in to, she's got her playlist of songs that she wants to play. And uh, his phone rings, and my oldest son looks over. He's helping his father. And he says, hey, Dad, so-and-so on the phone. Do you want me to take that? And Joe said, no, let me. He said, That's some friends of ours from a long time ago, uh, they're from Florida. And he said, they Probably not going to come to the wedding, but let me, let me grab that right quick. He picks the phone up. Hey, my friend, how are you doing? And he said, Brother Joe, he said, man, what a, he says, he says, a, be a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful day for a wedding in Austin, Texas. And my husband said, oh, yes, sir, it's, it's awesome. He said, look, man, he said, I'm so sorry. I'm just calling to tell you we're not going to be able to come. He's my wife and I are, of course, in Florida. But he said, man, we just, you're in our hearts. We're thinking about you, praying for you. Just Allison, uh, when, when we were in Florida, Allie was very little. And, uh, and she was sort of like the church darling. She was a little bit older than Zoe, but she was kind of the church darling. And they, everybody loved her, you know. And he said, man, we'd love to see our girl get married, but we just can't. I'm so sorry. And Joe said, man, it's all good. Don't worry about it. We'll we tell you about it all later, you know. And he stopped for a minute. And he said, Brother Joe, he said, um, do you need anything? So it's like, okay, how do you handle, how do you answer that, you know? And Joe said, you know, my brother, he said, he said, it, 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 yeah, pride, pride kind of kicks in, you know? He said, no, he said, we're, we're doing good. He said, we, we good, we, we good. He said, you know, he said, he said, uh, we want to do something special for Allison. He said, uh, uh, we want to sow a seed into the wedding. And, and Joe said, oh, man, he said, that's so awesome, my brother. He said, and, you know, it's like getting on time to, to start the wedding because it was a 6 o'clock wedding. And, and uh, Joe still, he's got to finish setting up. And he's trying to get dressed and, you know, trying to be gracious. But, you know, he's, Joe said, man, he said, that'll be so awesome. Just stick it in the mail. He said, that'd be great. And um, our friend said, can, can you 
can you take a credit card over the phone? And uh, Joe said, uh, yeah. He said, we can. He said, we have a little thing called Square, and it's uh, connected to his iPhone, and we take our pro we let people buy product, and you know, $15 or whatever for a product. And he said, yeah, well, let me, I want to go ahead and be obedient to the Lord. He said, uh, can you go ahead and do that? And Joe said, uh, yeah, he said, I can. Hold on just a minute. And he, he gets the, the app up, and he types in, and get your card number and all that kind of stuff. And, and then it's the question, you know. It's like, I, I said, brother, he said, you know, what do you want to sow? And uh, he said, I want to sow $5,000. Joe said, it's like my knees went just weak, you know. He said, brother, he said, I put $5,000 in, hit sin, and it, you know, came up capture. He said, brother John, he said, I, he said, words will not, nor time will permit me to tell you I, what this has done for us. He said, can I, he said, I'm going to call you next week and tell you the amazing things that God has done. And John said, oh, he said, okay. He said, well, that's awesome. He said, but before I get off the phone, he said, uh, Miss Carol wants to give. <laughs> this is his wife. Let me put her on the phone. Okay. Hey, Brother Joe. How are you? It's a beautiful day in Austin, Texas for a wedding. Yes, ma'am, it's awesome. Well, she said, I can't let Brother John get all the blessing. She said, I'd like to sow into that wedding. You know, Allison's just, she's just like our girl. Miss Carol, that, I, I'm shocked. I don't know what to say. She said, can I go ahead and give by credit card? <laughs> he said, yes, ma'am. Hang on just a second. Let me pull that app up. He said, I think so. Of course, he had just done Brother John's, you know. Didn't know if it could take that much or whatever. And so he puts the numbers in and, you know, all the information. And, of course, the, you know, the question, Miss Carol, what would you like to sow? She said, I think I'm supposed to sow 2500 He said, my hand shook as I put the number in and hit send and it captured he said, I'm going to call you guys next week and tell you what God has done. Allison and I were in the bride's cottage getting ready, and I was in the makeup chair getting my makeup on. <laughs> he walked in. He took his phone and stuck his phone up in my face. <laughs> and he backed off, and he looked at me, and he said, I said, write the checks. And I tell you that tonight, not to say look at us. I tell you that tonight because I don't know what you're believing God for. But I'm going to tell you what God wants to do for you. Not necessarily for your benefit, but because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. And he can do his best work in the atmosphere of faith and miracles. 
He wants to do that for you. People say, does God want me healed? Absolutely, he wants you healed. Does God want me blessed? Absolutely, he wants you blessed. Why? Because he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory. You being sick doesn't bring glory to him. You being poor doesn't bring glory to him. You being in lack doesn't bring glory to him. What brings glory to him is when his kids are blessed and healthy and prospering in all of the work of God. So don't ever wonder if God wants to bless you or if God wants to provide for you. He does. He just wants an, he wants an opportunity to show forth his glory in your life. Here's the question. Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you. You say, yeah, but Lord, but you. Whatever he says to you, do it. I've often thought about those six water pots, and I'll close with this. I've asked the Lord about that. Six water pots, 30 to 40 gallons. I said, Lord, did they really need another 150 gallons of wine? 180 gallons? Did they really need? This was at the end of the wedding. Did they really need 180 gallons of wine? And the Lord said, probably not, but when I do something, I do it in abundance because I want an opportunity to show forth my glory. And I say to you, church, here at Celebration, I believe your best days are ahead, but I believe God is looking for a church. He wants an opportunity to show forth his glory through. And if you can trust him, and if you can come into that place of obedience, God, whatever you tell us to do, we're not going to be ashamed of the power of God. We're not going to be ashamed of signs and wonders and miracles. We're not going to be ashamed to pray for people. We're not going to be ashamed of you as you show forth your glory but we're going to embrace it and we're going to tell people how good God is I'm telling you he's looking for a church in the northeast whatever I don't know did they call this the northeast the great lakes area he's looking for a church where he can show forth his glory I believe that with all of my heart I believe celebration church is a, a prime tar it's a prime candidate for God to do some of his best work in this area I'm not talking about funny funky crazy i'm not talking about you know exploit people i'm not, I'm not talking about i'm talking about the real and genuine and i'm gonna tell you what you've got two real and genuine people here you don't have to be afraid of all the other stuff because they're going to seek god they're going to trust god for the supernatural for the real he's looking for a people he's looking for a church where he can show forth his glory. He wants to show forth in your glo uh, glory in your families. He wants to show forth his glory in your home. He wants to show forth his glory in your business, in your life, in every area. He wants to show forth his glory. Will you let him? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. If that was a short version, what was the long version? Oh, I love it. That's awesome. I tell you what let's do. Let's go ahead and receive the evening offering. If I don't do this now, I promise you I'll forget about it. So if you'd like to sow seed into Worship Works Ministries International, and I believe you do, then uh, make your checks out to celebration, and we'll have the uh, ushers wait upon you here in just a minute. 
And then I'm just going to give you some scripture to carry home with you. Some things that my wife and I have stood on as we have stood for our kids, uh, for their salvation, and then for them to walk in the, the righteousness of God for their destiny. And uh, just uh, some truths that I believe are, are very, very important. But, uh, we, you know, let me just say this about the offering. You're going to find that Becky and I are some of the most low-key people in the world. Because I've, I, I have been, uh, I've been around ministries and I feel like I've been exploited. Anybody ever been there to where you just feel like people are trying to manipulate you to give? The bottom line is this, you can't outgive God. You, can out, you cannot outgive God. But I do believe in sowing seed. And the Bible promises as you sow seed that there's a 30, 60, and 100 fold to that seed. So really it comes down to where's your faith, okay? Where's your faith? And uh, it's really not about the amount. It's about our attitude. If we have a cheerful heart, the Lord sees us as a cheerful giver, then he's going to honor that, and it'll come back to you. And it'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. And I really believe that, uh, that the reason that the Lord met us concerning the wedding is because he could trust us because of the seed that we had sown and uh, around the world. When we started our ministry and we started uh, uh, in, in revival and Pastor Rodney came to our church in Rockwell, Texas, we started a seed account of $100. And we began to sow out of that seed account $10 here, $10 there, and it would come back to us. I remember the time when we got ready to do that God is Great CD that I gave away a while ago. We were in the Philippines, and we were using a team over there to minister, and they had been a real blessing to us. We were in Hong Kong, Singapore, and then also there in Manila. And I wanted to bless a group of people, and um, when I did... I only had about $2,600 or $2,700 in that seed account. And so I asked the pastor there, I said, and there were about 10 people there uh, helping us on the praise team. I said, I said, what is a month's salary for, all, for each one of these? And they said, about $250. And the Lord laid on my heart to bless every one of those team members with a, with a month's salary. And so I cleaned out my seat account, and I was getting on a plane on Saturday to fly back to Texas to do the recording of that CD on Monday. So about halfway back on that 24-hour flight, it hits me. I have no money to pay for time in the studio. And I'm thinking, Lord, what in the world are we going to do? And I told Becky, I said, you know what we just did? I said, we just gave away the money for that album. I get to church, this is no joke, I get to church on Sunday morning and one of the ushers walks up to me and he goes, Brother Joe, do you like to fish? I said, Brother Ed, I said, I'm not much of a fisherman. I said, I love to hunt, but I don't, I don't, I don't know much about fishing. He said, that's funny. He said, God told me to give you my bass boat. A skeeter boat with a ranger trailer with a 60 horsepower motor. He kept it in his garage. He waxed it every week. It was beautiful. Fishing poles, everything. He said, it's probably worth $4,500. I said, Brother Ed, thank you. He said, you can sell it. You can do whatever. But he said, I got to be obedient. He said, I'm giving you my boat. I said, hallelujah. 
I got home. I got to go to the studio two hours away. I get up Monday morning and I'm looking in, or Sunday afternoon, I'm looking outside in my driveway and I said, honey, I got a boat. What am I going to do with a boat? She said, I don't know. She said, but tomorrow we got to go record. So I got up Monday morning before we were to go to, to Tyler and I drove down to a car lot right there close to me and I went and they had an RV out there and a couple of boats and I walked in and I go, he said, can I help you? I said, yes, sir, I've got a bass boat I might want to sell. He said, well, I said, do y'all buy boats? He said, yeah, let me go look at it. He walked out there, it was connected to my Suburban. He, he looked at it and he walked around it and he goes, what do you want for it? The guy told me it's worth about $4,500. I said, $4,500. He said, I'll take it. Now, how many used car salesmen have ever given you what you asked for? He handed me 45 $100 bills for that boat. I left and we went to Tyler. We were there two days, recorded, took pictures, sent everything off to the master, did the artwork for the album, took care of our hotel for the two days. And you want to know what it came out to? $4,500. If I'd have kept that $2,500, I don't know what the Lord would have done. I still might have had the boat. But here's what I'm telling you. You can't outgive the Lord. And so tonight, I, would, I give you those things just to encourage you to, to stir your faith. But as you write out your check tonight to sow seed into the ministry, it's going to carry us around the world. You're going to be a part of souls coming into the kingdom. You're going to be a part of young men and women being prepared for ministry. So uh, if you've got your check made out, let's just pray over it right quick. Father, we thank you for faithful people. We thank you for for the seed that's being sown. We thank you that every need for Worship Works Ministries is met. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And God's people said, amen. All right. Men, wait upon the people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you got your Bible, just pull it out. You might want to write these down real quick because then we're going to pray. I know we've kept you for a while. We might have pushed the envelope a little bit tonight, but we're not going to keep you till midnight like Brother Rodney does. I promise you, we're, we're not going to keep you for four hours. These are scriptures that God has put in our hands for our kids. And we declare this whenever we begin to have our children. Well, let me back up before that. My dad used to tell the story. He said, when mom and I got married, he said, we knelt down beside our bed. And we asked the Lord, Lord, whatever you bring into this union, we give them to you. So in 1976, when Becky and I got married, we went to San Antonio, Texas, and we had our honeymoon night. We knelt down beside our bed before we crawled in bed, and we said, Lord, whatever you bring into this union, we give them to you. And I was there at uh, Compassion Church with Jody the other day, my oldest, and he was preaching, and he said, Dad, I've never told you this. But he said, when Vanessa and I got married, he said, we knelt down beside our bed before we crawled in bed. And we said, Lord, whatever you bring into this union, we give them to you. And so we have put some things in our kids. Becky didn't tell you, but right after all of our kids came during that November revival and told us they really felt like God was launching them into their own ministries, we had one more crusade to do together in January of 2012. And as they're leading worship, the house is filled with people, and I'm standing on the front row because I didn't lead worship a whole lot back then because the kids did it all. 
Every time we would put our kids to bed, we would declare over our children, you're going to carry twice the anointing we've ever known. And I'm standing on the front row, and I'm looking at my kids, and I'm watching, and I heard the Lord say, that which you have prayed for now stands before you. And they finished their last song. And I stepped up to take the microphone and begin to lead the rest of the service. And I said, kids, I want you all to come and stand here in front of me. So we had all of our kids standing down there, and all three couples were standing there. And, and uh, Jody and Vanessa and Ryan and Tress and then Allie and Austin were standing there together. And I said, you know, I've prayed over you guys since y'all were babies and now over our grandbabies that you will carry twice the anointing we've ever known. And I said, tonight I heard the Lord say, that which you prayed for now stands before you. And I said, I want you to lift your hands because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you out. And they lifted their hands and the fire of God fell on them. They fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I heard the Lord say, stand them up. You have to understand, I'm not many hints. Stand them up. No, lay them down. No, stand them up. No, lay them down. So I stood them up and I, I said, you're going to pray for all these people. And I said, if you're here tonight and you have wayward children, they're not serving God. I said, I want you to come. Forty, four zero, forty couples came running to the auditorium front with their hands lifted, weeping. And my kids began to pray for them. And the fire of God fell on one family after the other, after the other, after the other. And I'm telling you, the next day, we had testimonies of children. We had one man, his kids, two of his kids were away from home. And one of those kids was, un, uh, was addicted to drugs, living under a bridge in Dallas, Texas. And he woke up the next morning after that prayer meeting. The next morning, he woke up and his son, he didn't even know where his son was. His son was sitting in his kitchen. And he walked in, he said, son, what you doing here? This was his words, I don't know. He said, all I know is, is when I woke, the, woke up this morning, he said, I had to get home. And his dad told him, he said, last night we prayed for you, that God would bring you home. And that dad had the privilege of leading that son to Christ that morning and God began the process that that kid came out of the, that 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 addiction to drugs God totally totally healed him and set him free and restored that family so I know there's an anointing on our family for restoration for families we're not perfect we struggle with the same things everyone else does but we've made a choice as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. So write these scriptures down. They'll be a blessing to you. They'll help you. Malachi chapter 2 verse 15. I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to teach. I'm just going to read them. And did not God make you and your wife one flesh? Did not one make you and preserve your spirit alive? And why did God make you two one? Look at this. Because he sought a godly offspring. <laughs> a godly offspring from your union. He didn't give you your kids to give you trouble and give you a headache and make you gray-headed. He gave you your children to give you a godly offspring to declare the works of God to the next generation. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and let no one deal treacherously and be faithless to the wife of your youth. Dad, if you're here today, protect your wife. 
protect your house. Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. And he shall turn and reconcile the hearts, look at this, of the estranged fathers to the ungodly children. What is he saying? It starts with the head. It starts with God working in the house of the father. And if daddy will do it right, somehow or another, he'll turn the heart of that ungodly kid back to righteousness. You read these for yourself. They'll preach. And to the heart of the rebellious children, to the piety of their fathers, a reconciliation produced by repentance of the ungodly, lest I come and smite the land with a curse and a ban of utter destruction. You know why our country's where it's at? It's because dad hadn't taken his stand in the household and led the house the way God wants it led. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature or the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Fathers, it's your job. What America is missing is fathers. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Too many latchkey kids, too many kids left to their own devices. Both parents have to work today, so the kids are just left to their own way of going. There's a lot there. In my household, my daddy said, this is going to hurt you more. Oh, excuse me, it's going to hurt me more than it does you. I never believed that, but as a father, I understood what he was saying. Psalm 102, verse 28, another powerful scripture. Look at this. The children of thy servants shall continue. You know what he's saying right there? If you serve me, your kids will serve me. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. My seed shall be established before you, O God. Why? Because I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be faithful to put my kids in a place to where they can see the works of God. So with those scriptures in mind, the key to great kids starts with obedience of the Father. If we obey, the kids will obey. Deuteronomy chapter 12, 28. Observe and hear the, all these words which I command thee, that it may go well, look at this, with thee and with thy children after thee, how many? Forever forever. I don't care where your kids are, but if you're serving God, we have a promise that our Heavenly Father, that it will go well with our kids and our kids' kids and our kids' kids' kids and our kids' 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 kids. I don't care what it looks like. If you obey God and you walk in the ways of God, you have a promise that your kids will walk in the ways of God. And then I love this. Number two, stop crying over your kids. Why? Because Luke chapter 7 and verse 11, Jesus said to the widow, weep not. Then turning to the young man, he said, arise. I don't care where your kids are. Instead of crying over them, begin to declare, arise, Jimmy. Arise, Susie. Arise, Sally. And you watch what God does. Jeremiah 31, 16 and 17. Thus says the Lord of hosts, a voice is heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her kids because they are no more. Matthew chapter 2 verse 18 was one of the references there. Thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and your children, look at this, shall return from the enemy's land. 
And there is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children shall come back to their own country. And what was he saying? I know the enemy has come and stolen your kids away, but I'm giving you a word that they're going to come back to the land, their homeland. I'm bringing them back to a place to where they know their God. And then last of all, blessing, provision, and healing comes from God. You may be a first-generation believer, but you have a promise that blessing flows from the head down. You may be the first generation, but you can begin to speak life to your kids because you cut off the old ways. And because of the DNA of God, you are taking a step to walk in the ways and the provision and the blessing of Almighty God. Look at this. Psalm 12, 1 and 2. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Psalm 105 in verse 8. He remembers his covenant. How long? Forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. James 5 verses 14 through 16. Is anyone among you sick? He should call in the church, the elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick. And the Lord will restore him. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also one for another, another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous prayer available, dynamic, and it's working. That prayer for me was one that my dad prayed over me as a kid who had asthma because he took his place as an obedient father. He quit crying about the fact that I struggled with my asthma and couldn't breathe and couldn't do things, and he began to declare the Word of God over my life to where one day, those things we prayed for were made manifest. So tonight, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to pray for families. So what I ask you to do tonight is this. Just put aside your Bible. You see, there are a lot of scriptures that you can pray over your kids. That one passage that I love there in Psalm 102. And there are a lot of them there that I pray. But the children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee. My seed, they've been established before me. The greatest thing that I can give to the Lord is my own family. When I get to heaven, if that's all I have to give to him, I'm happy. But on any given Sunday, with what our kids are doing around the world and our extended family with my sister and all my brothers and sisters, we touched, I'm not kidding, no less than 100,000 people every week. It's a pretty big church. Serving other ministers and other churches around the world. If you took every one of those kids, all of the nieces and nephews, it's well over 100,000 people every week are touched by the ministry of our extended family. That's the greatest heritage. My daddy, the greatest thing he left to me was a love for Christ. 
not a million dollars in the bank. Boy, what my father taught me was how to step out in faith and watch my God provide. That's the greatest thing, Dad, you can leave your kids is a faith to watch God work and to trust Him. Hallelujah.